Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Well, this is very exciting, isn't it? I can't stop you. Now you've got going again. Fantastic. It is so good to be here on site with you all today and online, guys. We are at Gas Street. Here we are, ready to go. So Good. And today we are looking, we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we've been looking at this verse from Galatians 5, verse 22, which says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today we are looking at the fourth in that list, which is patience. Now, when I uh, have spoken to a few people this week, and they've asked me what I'm speaking on, and I've told them it's patience... It's been really interesting how many people have sort of nodded sagely and said, yeah, well, you have been married to Nick for a very long time now, which is fair enough. Um, Last year, Nick and I had a, what's the word? Ooh, a disagreement, that's it. We had a disagreement, a gentle disagreement, about the laurel bush in our back garden, along the side of our garden, about how much it needed cutting back. And it had really kind of grown over. It was, you know, getting in the way of other plants. And uh, so we had a slight disagreement, and uh, I won. And... um, (laughs) But I have to say, I had a slight misgiving as the guys arrived with these huge chainsaws and kind of started getting to work. And a bit later, a few hours later, as Nick and I stood side by side looking at our newly visible fence and our newly visible neighbours' houses, I have to say that I did say I would do something about it, about this great gaping hole in our garden. And so I bought a fig tree. Suitably biblical, I thought. All the olive trees were out of stock online. I thought I will go for a fig, fig tree. I got very excited about this. I told Nick, I told the kids, this fig tree is going to come. It's going to fill this gap in our garden. And it arrived, and it was basically a stick. I had bought a stick. It was six or seven foot tall, had a couple of little branches coming out of it, but it was, in effect, a stick. Um, but I believed in this stick. I, I planted it, and I watered it, and... Uh, Nothing happened. And uh, the months went by, and I watched it, but I still kept believing in this stick. And uh, there was no evidence that it was going to come to life, and Nick and the kids started mocking me. I started feeling a bit of sympathy with Jonah, if I'm honest. The end of the book of Jonah, you know, when he's sitting under that ruined fig tree. I thought, you know, that was pretty tough for that guy. Nothing happened. Month after month after month, but something in me held on to hope that at just the right time, this fig stick would spring into life. And just over a year later, my patience was rewarded because the little buds started growing on the branches and gradually the leaves started coming in. Here is a picture of what was once a fig stick. Yes, it's very definitely a fig tree. You know, I trusted and I hoped Despite the lack of evidence, despite the time going by, despite the mockery, frankly, that this would grow at just the right time. As we start, let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you prayed for patience? For yourself and for other people? And I ask that because I realize that I often pray for the other fruits of the Spirit. I often pray for peace for a situation or more joy or more love 
But if I'm honest, I don't pray for patience for myself very often. Now, that might just be because I like to get things done. I'm I'm that sort of person. So I don't want to pray for patience because I don't want the thing to go on any longer. I just want to get it done. And when did you last pray for patience for someone else? When people come to me and they ask for prayer in a really difficult situation, I want a quick answer. I want a resolution now. And I wonder how often I miss the opportunity to pray for this incredible gift of patience. Because patience seems at first like this kind of quiet, overlooked sort of gift. You know, it's the mum reading the same story for the fourth time to her child that night. It's the athlete waiting for an injury to heal. We've heard lots of stories this last week about that sort of thing going on. It's the farmer waiting for the right time to harvest their crop. Anyone else watch Clarkson's Farm? Oh, I love it. It is so good, guys. You have to, you have to watch it. You know, a few years ago, there was a study done on the topic of patience. And they discovered that there are three different types of patience that we have. There's patience towards people. There's patience towards life's sort of daily hassles, the little things that come in and make us feel impatient. And there is patience towards life's bigger hardships, things that go on for weeks and months and years that we have to deal with. But the discovery that they made in their study was that patient people are less depressed, they're less lonely, they're more satisfied with their lives, they're more hopeful and they're more courageous in that hope. And for those among us who are naturally patient people, that is really, really good news. You are winning, guys. Fantastic. But what about the rest of us? What about the rest of us? Because if we are honest, we know that patience is not easy. You know, we've got a couple of options here. We can try and shelter ourselves from every kind of frustration or adversity that the world throws at us. But the truth is that kind of comes with being human, right? And the other option is that we kind of go, be more patient. I will be more patient. I will be more... Personally, I have found that that does not work very well either. There was a woman who was uh, in a supermarket one day, and she did that thing where she's walking through the supermarket, and she realizes she's sort of keeping pace with another shopper. So she kept seeing this guy in every aisle. And this was a dad with his little boy, little three-year-old boy in the trolley. And when she passed him in the first aisle, this little boy was asking for sweets over and over and over again. And the dad was just very, very calmly saying, now, Billy, this won't take long. Won't take long, Billy. And she passed him again in the the next aisle. I think it was the, the rice and the pasta by this point. And the little boy's voice had gone up by several decibels. But the dad was still being really, really calm. Now, Billy, just calm down. We'll be done in a minute, Billy. Just calm down. Well, by the third aisle, this guy, this little kid was going crazy. He was screaming uncontrollably, and the woman couldn't believe it because this man was just really calmly saying, Billy, settle down. We will soon be out of here. Billy, just settle down. And she followed him to the, the checkout queue where at this point the child is kicking and screaming and going mad, and the dad just says, Billy, we'll be in the car in a minute. Everything will be okay. And this woman is blown away. She's like, how is this guy, how is this dad doing this? So she actually followed them into the car park and just went, excuse me, you know, don't mean to be rude, but I just saw the way you handled little Billy in there. That was incredible. And the dad said, oh, sorry, got to stop you there. I'm Billy. (laughs) 
patient when the pressure is on is not easy. You know, it's hard enough being patient at the traffic lights, patient in the supermarket queue, but when you're waiting for medical results or life-changing news or, or dealing with a, a consistently difficult person in your life, it's really, really hard. We're going to read today from Psalm 37. If you've got your Bible with you, uh, turn it on. The, the words will come up on the screen anyway. But Psalm 37, verses 3 to 9, say this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He'll make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Don't fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And as we think about this verse 7, wait patiently for the Lord, we are going to look at the power of patience and the posture of patience. So why on earth would we think that patience is powerful? Well, let's go back right to the start of the Bible, well, very near the start in Exodus, which shows us something about how powerful patience is. And we're going to look at Exodus 34, and it's a time when Moses is up on Mount Sinai, and the people have escaped from Egypt, they haven't reached the promised land yet, and Moses encounters God, and in fact, it's the first time that God describes himself to Moses. They're really, really key words, and the Lord says this to Moses. He says, I am the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. I'd just love to look at these little words, slow to anger, slow to anger. You see, in our Galatians 5 passage, when we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, this word patience is actually from a Greek word, which is macrothymia. It's from the word macro, which means great, big, long, and thymia, which is from thermia, thermal, heat. So the word patience means someone who is, takes a long time to get hot. We know what a hot-tempered, a quick-tempered person is. So this word patience means it takes a long time to get hot. It means that you are slow to anger. So one of the very first things that God says about himself is that he's slow to anger. And you know this word patience is used over 70 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times we're told to wait patiently for the Lord, to bear patiently with one another. And in 2 Peter it actually tells us that the reason for our salvation is because of God's patience. Because God has waited for you and for me. He's waited for us to come home. He hasn't just walked away at the first opportunity. Because of his patience, we are saved. It's the story that Jesus tells with the prodigal son, you know, the father who waits for the son to come home. And it might be today that you don't know that you've come home. So this could be an opportunity today to come home and know that the father is waiting patiently for you. And in 1 Timothy, we hear that Jesus' patience is the perfect example for us. And I just love seeing the way that Jesus is patient with all the people around him. You know, Jesus was constantly hassled. He was constantly misunderstood by his disciples. He was jostled by the crowd. You know, he was pushed this way and that by people. But he's consistently patient. And he takes time to talk with one woman at a well. 
And it takes time to talk to a Roman centurion whose daughter is seriously unwell and time to go to tea with Zacchaeus. You know, the way we say, see Jesus listening to and challenging and being around and being with people is consistently patient. And that doesn't mean he's a pushover because Jesus gets angry and we see him getting angry in the New Testament. But you know what? He gets angry at the right time with the right people, in the right place, for the right reason. But his patience is an incredible expression of his love towards us. I am taking um, a wedding in here in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, the couple have chosen as one of their readings, 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm sure many of you will have uh, known or heard read at weddings. And it's this beautiful passage of what love is. It lists all the sort of attributes of love. And I'm amazed every time I read that reading that the very first thing it says about love is, love is patient. Love is patient. Because that is not the typical Hollywood reading of love, is it? It's not what we see in the films, what we hear in the songs, that love is patient. But I expect you, like me, know deep down that that's true. Because I suspect you can recall someone in your life who was patient with you, and it really, really made a difference. Maybe it was a teacher when you were young. You know, often you hear kind of musicians being interviewed, and they talk about the music teacher back at school who had loads of time for them. It might be a parent. It might be a friend who sat with you and listened again and again as you were going through something really difficult, but they just took the time to be there. You know, being patient with someone expresses love towards them. And it can have a deep impact on our life because of the way it makes us feel. Because when someone is patient with us, it makes us feel validated. It makes us feel safe. It makes us feel able to make mistakes, able to take risks and to learn and to grow. And doesn't that sound just like something God would do for us? You know, when I look over my life, I can see the power of God's patience in my life again and again when I've done and said things that aren't right, when I've tried to go my own way, when I've looked for my comfort over his glory. You know, God has been patient. He hasn't gone, oh, for goodness sake, forget it, and walked away. He has never once done that. Every single time he's called my name, he's called me back to him gently and patiently, and that has had a profound effect on me. So if our patience, if patience is a key character of God, if it has a profound effect on our lives, what is it that kind of gets in the way of us just living these amazing patient lives? Well, last week, as many of you know, we went on this uh, fun day away to Poplars as a church. Lots and lots of us went there. Actually, stick your hand in the air if you were there last week. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it, guys? It was great. And uh, on the way back from Poplars, I uh, got to Birmingham, and uh, I stopped to get a cheeky McDonald's for me and my son, as you do. And, uh, you know, we were a bit hurry, in a hurry. You know, we're busy people. So we were going to do the drive-through, and then we saw that there was a really long drive, drive-through queue. Oh, I haven't got time to wait for that. We're going to go in the car park. Jojo's going to run in, get the McDonald's, and, and we'll be on our way. So we drove into the car park, and there was one space left. So I'm right, okay, I'm going to put my foot down, drove towards this space really, really fast. I can see another car coming towards this space. I'm like, they are not getting this space. I drove in there, it's on my side. I pulled into the space, and I looked over my shoulder to give him a little bit of a smug smile to see Adam Ball and Esther Ray also on their way back from the fun day. 
totally, totally caught out. How embarrassing was that? Yep, that was me. Hi, guys, have you had a good day? <laughs> what a great little chat. Eek. You know, being patient in our lives, as we're saying, is not easy. We all recognize that growing sense of agitation, of irritation, something going on in our day with a person, a hassle, whatever it is. You know, I find myself on my to-do list gets a bit longer, or a job gets a bit more complex, feeling that sort of agitation again. Or when I'm sitting in the car waiting to give the kids a lift uh, somewhere, and uh, you know, they're looking for shin pads or water bottles or forgotten homework or something like that, I can feel that thermia, that heat, starting to rise. But ultimately, impatience comes from a place of entitlement and a place of control. And both of those things are totally counter to God's love and his mercy and his grace, that undeserved grace that he lavishes upon us. And we discover that a life lived without patience leads to hurry and it leads to hurt. You know, when we get impatient in circumstances, when things are going on, we miss things. You know, we get things wrong, we jump to conclusions, we don't do things the right way, we certainly don't do them the best way. It leads to hurry, it leads to stress levels rising and anxiety. It's not a good way of living. And when we're impatient with people, it leads to hurt. And I know that because I've seen the look on my kids' faces when I get impatient with them. I've seen the hurt that I cause because being impatient with people leads to unkindness. It leads to squashing people. It doesn't leave them space to make mistakes or to learn or to grow. It's not a good way of living. When we're impatient with people, it breaks and it damages relationships because it causes shame. And God is not like that with us. God is not like that with us. There's an amazing theologian called Kosuki Koyama, and he has this little phrase, the three-mile-an-hour God, the three-mile-an-hour God, because three miles an hour is the speed that we walk. It's the speed that Jesus walked with people and talked with them, and it's this sort of spiritual speed in a world of busyness and high-tech rush. You know, if we are rushing ahead of this three-mile-an-hour God, what are we missing out? And who is following who? Who is following who? In a high-speed world, we can easily forget that love takes time. Love takes time. God is love, and love is patient. Love is patient. You know, I, uh, I love art and photography and creativity. And I've had loads of friends through my life who are creatives. Nick actually studied art at college. And my dad is a, an artist too. He was a scientist by trade, but he loves photography. And he's done photography throughout his life. If you've ever been to the house, you'll see their photographs all, all over their walls. Uh, and now he takes photos with a digital camera, mostly. But back in the day, he used to have old school film cameras, the sort that you have to take the film out of the camera and develop in a dark room. In the house when I was growing up, my dad had his own darkroom where he'd develop these prints and he'd sort of take hours going in there with new ideas and creativity and coming out with these amazing prints. And sometimes he would teach me to do that as well. And for me, there was a kind of magic 
in this dark room. There was something about, you know, the walls all painted black and the, the chemicals and the trays and the, the special tongs that you had to use with this paper and the smell in there. If you have ever been in a dark room, you know, you will know what that smell is. It's etched on my memory. But the real magic for me was taking this piece of completely blank paper and dipping it in this tray and then out of nowhere, this image suddenly would appear and grow and become perfect until that moment we picked it up and put it in the fixing tray so it didn't come sort of overdeveloped. You know, there's nothing wrong with digital photos, of course. You know, iPhone photos are amazing. But when you get in the darkroom, when you take patient hours, you take the time to watch and really look at what is going on, going through the process, waiting for the right time, you will discover that every single image is unique. In fact, it's impossible, pretty much, to get totally unique prints that are the same because there might be just a minuscule difference in the temperature of the chemicals or the, the amount of time that you left it in there or even making a mistake in there. Every single print is unique. And I think when we think about growing fruit in our lives, God works a little bit like in that darkroom. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes this sort of beautiful process going through with God. It's not going to be identical to anyone else. You are totally unique in God's eyes. But if you'll allow him, then he will imprint this beautiful image on your life. He will develop it over time, but it will be there. When we think about growing this fruit of the Spirit, I'd just love to go back to our Psalm 37. And just four really quick ideas about growing patience in our lives. So if you've got the reading up and just grab that again. But number one, it says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You know, the core of patience is trust. Remind yourself of who God is. This heavenly Father is for you and with you. His endless love is towards you always and forever. You know, you can trust that God is at work all the time, even when you can't see it. You know, perhaps especially when you can't see it. Trust that the Lord is at work in your life, that his plans, his ideas are better than mine, that his timing is far better than mine. So first of all, trust in the Lord. Secondly, take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Refresh yourself by worship and by prayer, by being here, being with us this morning. Refresh yourself. Because I know when I get tired, when I get run down, it is so much harder to be patient. I don't know if it's the same for anyone else. It's really, really hard. This is a great time of year for many of us to take a, a physical holiday, a break, a rest. But refresh yourself spiritually. Do whatever it takes to get your delight in the Lord back there again because it will be so much more easy to be patient when you are like that. So trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Number three, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way. What is it that you're finding really difficult at the moment? Is it a circumstance? Is it a person, something ongoing? You're finding you're consistently anxious and frustrated about something Commit it to the Lord. Take it to him. Invite him in. What is he saying to you about that situation? What is he saying to you about that person? Listen to him. Commit to the patience that he will grow in you. Commit your way to the Lord. And the fourth is just to be still before the Lord. Be still before him. You know, when the Israelites back in Exodus were stuck at the Red Sea, they had the Red Sea in front of them. 
They had Pharaoh's army behind them and there was nothing that they could do. Nothing that they could do. And I suspect that some of them thought, "Ah, maybe we should start negotiating with the enemy. Should we negotiate with them? And some of them thought, you know what, I'm going to give the swimming a go. I'm going to swim. I can do it. I know I can. And and some of them were probably panicking, running around, running around. I don't know what to do. And some of them just thought, oh, let's give up. This is impossible. Let us give up. But Moses says to them, the Lord himself will fight for you. You need only be still. The Lord himself will fight for you. You know, when I planted that fig stick, I didn't weep into its branches to make it grow. I didn't bring it gifts and cajole it, please, please grow. I didn't, you know, kind of do any of those things. I could be still with it because I could trust that at the right time, it would absorb the water from the ground that it needed and it would absorb the sunshine from above that it would needed and it would blossom and spring to life at just the right time. In the same way, I just say to many of you here today, whatever it is you're needing patience with, just be still because the Lord himself is fighting for you. Okay. Now, I know that there are people here today, I know there are people here online who are going to be experiencing some real adversity, some really difficult frustrations, painful um, circumstances at the moment. I know that. And I know that there are people in your lives that you're struggling to feel patient with. But today, I just want to say, keep going. Keep committing committing your way to the Lord, keep trusting him, keep delighting in him to grow in this posture of patience and know that there is this cloud of witnesses cheering you on. We read in the book of uh, Heroes, yes, they are heroes, Hebrews heroes. I love that, the book of Heroes, great. The book of Hebrews talks about these heroes who are like a cloud of witnesses. They are people throughout the Bible who have experienced the same things that you and me are experiencing today. And they have wrestled with this life of faith. They've got things wrong and they have gone their own way and they have come back to discover that the Lord is still good and he is still waiting patiently for them. And they are this cloud of witnesses cheering you on today. And the Gastreet family are here cheering you on today as you press in to this amazing gift of of patience. And, and just before we finish, maybe the, the band want to just start coming up. But I don't know how much of the Olympics you've watched over this last couple of weeks. There's been some really exciting races, so much kind of good stuff going on. But there was a beautiful clip this week that did the rounds of Tom Dean winning his gold medal in the 200 meters freestyle. And uh, the clip actually wasn't of Tom Dean winning his race. The clip was of his family and his friends back in Maidenhead, nowhere near Tokyo, back in Maidenhead watching the end of his race, the last minute or so, and their faces, the tension, the willing, the desperation, cheering him on, going crazy, and they, the celebration is unbelievable. Check it out. I'm sure you can check it out on uh, Google, but it is just beautiful. And I can promise you that Tom Dean did not decide that morning, you know what, maybe I'll just go and Swim a few lengths. See if I can win. You know, his winning that gold medal was based on hours and weeks and months and years of patiently swimming up and down and up and down the swimming lanes. And his family and friends patiently driving him to lessons, to competitions. You know, this whole winning of the medal is based completely on what has happened before. And I love this, what his mum says about him after he'd won. 
His mum, Jackie, says this. She says, I just said to him, Tom, my heart is bursting. And it's not just because you've won a gold medal. It's the way he conducts himself. It's the way he picks himself up after disappointment. You see, Tom Dean has had COVID twice in the last 15 months. The second time was just in January. He had seven weeks when he couldn't walk up the stairs without wheezing, let alone doing any exercise. He had to wait patiently to recover. Because if you choose to press into this posture of patience, you know, to be empowered by the Spirit and grow, you will find that it's not the process necessarily of getting the medal at the end, but actually it's the process that you go through, the character that is revealed, what God is growing in you that is absolutely key. Patience is God's character. As his children, we want to grow up to be like him. You know, it's the foremost description of love in the Bible. And when we angle our lives to reflect that, we are going to start to discover just how powerful it is in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. So let's not miss out on intentionally practicing this gift of the Spirit of patience. I'd love to invite you to stand now. Guys online, you might want to stand up wherever you are just to engage with this moment and invite the Spirit where you are in your room. I'm going to read this verse from Colossians. Colossians 3 verse 12 over us. It says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. And if you count yourself as a Jesus follower, that is you. You're holy and you're dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So why don't we ask for that now? It might be that you want to put your hands out. There's no magic in that. It's just a, a posture of openness towards the Holy Spirit. Let's take this moment. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you today. We thank you so much for the patience that you have shown us in our lives again and again and again. Father, thank you so much. And Lord, we know that you are calling us to have this posture of patience too, to be like you, to live our lives using the power of the patience to make others feel loved. So we ask that you come and fill us now. Come by your spirit, we pray. It might be you want to call to mind a specific situation or a person that you've been struggling with over these last few weeks. Do you really need to know God's patience for you and his patience through you to this other situation or person? Just invite him in now. Commit your way to the Lord now in that.
we're going to worship together, but let's just stay in this posture of gratitude to God for his patience and his love towards us. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church. 